Thanks again for listening to the Live Life Aggressively show. This is part two of our interview with Tim Larkin, as this time we're going to shift our focus from recovery over to personal protection, as well as how to respond to acts of violence. This and a whole lot more in part two of our discussion with Tim Larkin. Don't forget to head over to MikeMahler.com as well as NewWarriorTraining.com and receive 10% off of all of our products that we sell on our website by using that coupon code LLA. LLL gets you a 10% discount on everything from t-shirts to DVDs to my weight management program, mics, supplements, all of that. All you have to do is just hop over to MikeMahler.com and NewWarriorTraining.com. Type in that coupon code LLA at checkout, get your 10% discount. So now let's get into it with our buddy Tim Larkin as we discuss personal protection, responding to violence, and how not to be a target of violence right here on the Live Life Aggressively show with Mike Mahler and Sincere Hogan. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> sincere whips out a bottle. He's all flexing in one hand yeah, he's he's like, at the course. It's like, hey, let me hey, make sure everyone sees me. <laughs> well, yes, it is. You know, <laughs> also my teeth are glistening or whatever, like these little cheesy commercials. <laughs> but no, yeah, but I, I think the most important thing is you actually have to be a product of whatever your advice is. Or so I use all these products, right? The reason why I sell the testosterone boosters because I used those ingredients when I was training at Mark Phillippe's place, got great results, and I go, man, I bet other people would be interested. So many people were asking me about it and i'm sending them to people to buy it and i'm not making a dime off of that and that just didn't make any sense to me it's like keep this thing in house make it better than what's out there but the bottom line is make sure you actually use it don't try to sell a bunch of stuff you don't use because I've, I've had people ask to be part of my affiliate program they go yeah i want to push all your products i go that's great i go which ones do you use because you should tell your story they're like well i haven't had a chance to try anything yet i go <laughs> then why do you want to sell it man you know, I don't want to sell stuff I've never tried before. I was like, "What do you? How many people do you think are going to buy it if you don't even have any genuine and personal enthusiasm for it?" Because it's called affiliate marketing. That's what the hell it is, man. You know, well, that's, that, that's the mistake people do with affiliates. They try they try to be an affiliate for fifty different companies, which frankly is really confusing for the customer because they come to your website, they think you're actually stocking all of this stuff. So now you have ten different affiliate programs. They go buy one thing. Then they have to go to another website and buy something else. Then they have to go to your third affiliate program and buy something else. And that's really confusing to a lot of people who don't understand affiliate yeah, I mean, programs. Like I said, a lot can be said when you actually like you're a product of the actual products that you use. And one thing I can give to Tim is like this is not a guy that like just sells, okay, here's this new way of defending yourself or way of protecting yourself because he's read it somewhere. Or he, I've seen some lately, especially now that I'm actually moving into that field, I've seen some very asinine videos out there, these so-called instructors, man, <laughs> and on the things that they're teaching. And I, I saw this one dude where he's pretty much touching people. You know, in these so-called quote-unquote trigger points, and these people are passing out like they're on a Benny Hinn, you know, revival <laughs> special, and then he grabs yeah. them and makes them cross their legs and sits them up, and I'm like, is this real life? Is this is this really happening right now? And are people really liking this and like, oh my god, I gotta check out this guy's system? So it, it, it's another field where, in the personal protection, man, where it's no different than the fitness field, because you see a lot of these shysters out there selling snake oil. Why this is going? These people are going to get you killed. That's all I have to say. They're going to get you well, killed. I mean, uh, Tim, if Tim you're in a dark boots. alley and, and, yeah. and somebody's, you know, you're trying to punch, you know, you're trying to tap somebody in the neck. I mean, tap <laughs> him with a finger and he's yeah. got a gun on you and you think he's just going to pass out and you're going to cross his legs and sit him up and call 911. Good luck with that. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's one thing I have to give to Tim, man. It's like, and I've seen, you know, some of the other people trying to sell things online by trying to tear him down, which is a good thing, Tim. I'm glad you got haters out there because that means you're doing no. something right. No, it's true. Oh, I mean, in the heat that's of the moment. awesome. When I see this Tim, one Tim's, guy's blog, is yeah. Tim Larkin full of BS or is this either blah, 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 blah. And it's a Krav Maga guy. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, it's a competitor is what it is. <laughs> exactly. Generally, when someone talks smack, it's always a competitor or someone who just wants to be a – 
a dipshit online and yeah, you have nothing exactly. better to do. But I mean, the like thing that. about Tim's system that I find most intriguing is the fact that, look, when, you, when you're in a situation where someone is coming at you with violence, your adrenaline is going to be through the roof. Mm-hmm. Now, you're, you're, you can probably, if someone asks you what your name is in that situation, you're probably not, you're, you're, you're going to have a hard time answering. Now, try applying some complicated methodology in that situation. It's a disaster. But if you know one or two things really exactly. well that you learned at Tim's course, then you just focus and you go automatically that because your response has to be automatic. If it's something where like, okay, this guy's coming, let me get in this stance and do this and I'm going to hit him here, it's over. It's done. And usually one or two things is all it takes. You don't need to do a freaking all these different yeah. combinations. Punch to the sternum or throw. <laughs> exactly, Ouch. man. It kind of kind of touches on what you talked about, Tim. You know about that five that first five seconds being like the most important in your life. Can you t- just talk more about that? Well, yeah. The the there's there's disconcerting there's disconcerting things about violence, and there's actually things that actually should make you feel a lot better. Um, you know. I think the, the, the biggest hurdle we have to get over is the idea of, of uh, fighting versus violence. You know, um, fighting, is, fighting is more something that, that we think about when it comes to, like, you know, competition based uh, approaches and, and um, you know, what it takes to you know, condition yourself to, to do those types of uh, events. And that's a completely different world mm-hmm. than uh, violence. The cool thing about violence is, um, you know, it works on everybody and mm-hmm. The, the way I try to, to couch it for people is that idea of, uh, you know, if you've been around little kids, you know, um, you know, you get poked in the eye, you get hit or something like that. Literally full grown adults are dropping, you know, are dropping little kids who poked them in the eye. You know, this is their this is like their daughters, you know, and, and, and why? Because the body just kind of reacts to the trauma. And then I, I sit there and say, you know, a fully grown adult. Any fully grown adult can injure another fully grown adult, it, but it's not in a competitive environment. And so once you, you have to put the context in for people right away of what we're talking about when we're talking about, you know, life or death survival uh, versus um, versus combat sports. And the big problem is the confusion is. Like you said, you're going to see the guy doing the death touch and people passing out and you're going to see the canned scenarios, which drive me crazy. You know, they, they show the canned scenarios all the time. And, you know, a canned scenario is designed to make the instructor look good. Right. Um, and or the system look good because it takes out all the outliers. It, it, it is a very tight pattern and it tries to tell you this. The other reason that that scenarios are are um, are favored is because it makes us feel good. We like to think if I just memorize this technique or this way of doing something, um, everything will be okay. Right. And, and it's just not it. You know, it's just it's just like it's just like fitness. You're going to have to learn, you know, how to eat. You're going to have to learn all the different variables that that works with your body and how to do things. But we're going to look for certain consistencies. And in nutrition, you know, there are there are principles that you can follow. Now, there's very many different ways and many different patterns you can use. You can use many different um, lifestyle approaches to nutrition and get the results that you're looking for. But you're going to have to also alter them to your need. One of the perfect examples, you know, paleo is huge right now. And Mike and I were both talking just from a different, you know, we hadn't even been talking about this. But when we got together yeah. last time, we both were saying, hey, man, 
I've actually added in some really clean, complex carbs, and man, do I feel good. (laughs) Yeah, we we were just talking about this years ago, man. But that, you know, but but that's you know, and I'm sure there are guys that are out there that are completely fine on on a strict approach. But the problem is this whole one size fits all thing. One one or two, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Steve Maxwell, when I first met him, used to be this zero carb guy, right? He would his dinner would be like three pounds of steak or something, and then maybe some greens and that was it and he was just adamant that this is the right way to go and it's just going to sustain him and then after a while he realized man my energy sucks i'm just tired all the time i'm on the mats and i'm tired and now now he does a much more balanced approach he's not a low protein guy or a high carbohydrate guy or a low fat guy it's just a, a nice balanced approach and very intuitive eating and he feels like a million bucks and and steve is his audience has grown a lot bigger as he's gotten older because it's more and more impressive. The older Steve gets and he looks great, the more impressive he becomes and the more people really want to know what he's doing. But the cool thing about Steve, you know, and I really appreciate the interviews that you guys have had with him and, and hearing him because I met him years ago, you know, when I met you originally, Mike. Yeah. And and uh, to see to see Steve's evolution, and that's going to sound like I'm patronizing him and I'm not, um, but here's a guy who literally has tried everything. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He has, and, and when and Steve <laughs> immerses himself in, in, in methods and stuff, and I, I, I just, you know, and to hear him now, it's like you got a guy who truly was a human guinea pig and has a wealth of knowledge and really is sharing that right now. I mean, you're getting Steve right now in his 60s at, I would say, his information prime. Absolutely. You know, and, and the stuff, I mean, just his podcast with you guys are just great. I look forward to him when you have him on. And uh, I really like your interviews with him, guys, because you, you know, Mike, Mike having a good history with him. You, you guys, I think you guys elicit out some of the best stuff from him. Um, you know, he kind of goes off in other directions and other podcasts with people, with hosts that don't know him as well. And um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to get him to talk cool. about the one time he was in a hotel room with a fitness expert and the guy was naked on the floor with his butt in the air. We haven't gotten to that up. We, yeah. haven't, we haven't brought up that story yet. <laughs> oh, oh, there's some. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's the back story. Yeah, so it is the, always going <laughs> people, people are, you know, You know, the fun thing about getting into oh, the fitness story, industry is, guys. No, no, what's funny is when I. You know, I've been into fitness for a long time in terms of just being a fan of it. You know, since I was 18 and I would just devour books and try different programs. And now, now I actually know a lot of the people that I were, well, I was a big fan of growing right, up. People yeah. like Brooks Kubik and Charles Poliquin. And I, I've had a chance to meet many of these people and, and, and interact with them. And it's been incredible. But it, but on the, on the other hand is that both Sincere and I, and, and you as well, Tim, to a certain extent, is we're privy to a lot of stuff that we really can't share about people because it would just look bad for them. And it just I don't want to be that guy who's kind of a snitch. But at the same time, when I hear people who are not aware that they just know these people on a surface way and the way they talk about them, I'm like, man, if you only, you only knew. knew. <laughs> if you only knew, man. I God, I wish I could tell you this, but I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy who's like, oh, let me tell you the story about this person. Right. We're not going to be the Jose Canseco's of the fitness industry. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Walked right in, saw his ass in the air. Yep, I know that guy. <laughs> but, you know, uh, pulling back around to the criticism aspect of things that we were talking about, you know, like like you guys, you know, obviously, I've been in it so long. I mean, people have said things about me that I just – I, I just sit there and go, oh, that, I wish I had said that about me. That is awesome, you know? I mean, it's just, it's just some fantastic shit. But – you you sit there and I, I look at things like you guys recently had on um, God his name's escaped oh Ben 
Greenfield. Greenfield. Right? Greenfield. 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 Yeah. He was talking about German volume training that he was doing with one of his. Oh, that was Scott, Scott, Scott Shetler. I'm sorry, Scott Shetler. Okay, yeah. Scott Shetler. Yeah, no, Ben was. I, I remember the Ben one too. Um, he was talking about. Um, he was talking about you know utilizing German volume training, and I remember. It, it, to me, it's the whole evolution. I think what's happening now, like a lot of people criticizing, oh, that's old. You got that from so-and-so. You got this from so-and-so. It's originally from here, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it's true. Let's look at German volume training. I remember when it first came out, I think Polican was putting he, it out. He popularized he, it. Yep. Yeah. When I was sitting there, and I was the first one. I was laughing originally when I read about it because I've gone, that's Gerondola stuff. That's that's Vince Gerondola is 10 sets of 10 right. going in, that's right. which is kind of where it went. But here's the deal. He did it. Geronda did it for reasons of muscle, lactic acid buildup, soreness. So the uh, practitioner, the bodybuilder at the time could feel exactly where the muscle contracts and works and, and you know, what exercises hit it a certain way. You know, you know, if we're trying to work upper bicep, we'll do 10 sets of 10 of this one. And tomorrow, if your upper bicep hurts, you get that. Well, right. one of the byproducts from that was, hey, that's actually pretty damn good hypertrophy that you're getting. But then... A guy like a, a Polican takes some of those things and says, you know what, let's take a look at this a little bit deeper. Let's find things out and then adds to the principles of it, you know, adds to the explanation to make it more understandable for the client. And I think that's what you're seeing. I mean, I think we're kind of in a golden age of, of information sharing amongst ethical practitioners where they are taking a lot of great old data and they're not just updating it. They're actually beefing it up. They're actually saying, hey, OK, here's these old protocols and there's a lot of value to these protocols. But here's actually what's happening. And oh, by the way, here's a more efficient way to apply those protocols. Yeah, we're finding and, that a lot in, in with German volume training. A lot. I think I wrote about this years ago. I'm not saying that I, I created this variation because a lot of other people have done the same. But I found that 10 sets of five to six with, let's say, 75 to 80 percent of your one rep max, as opposed to 10 sets of 10 with 60 percent is way less. It, it's way less arduous in the sense that you're not going to be as beat up and as sore, but you're also going to get more gains in strength. You're going to get great gains in size and strength as opposed to just size because you're not going to get much in the way of strength gains with 10 sets of 10 where 60% of your body weight – I mean of your one rep max rather. In fact, you're probably going to lose strength when you when you stay in that many repetitions in that percentage. So that a, lot of, a lot of modifications like that are coming out too. And that comes with experience. You know, I've actually used German volume training. And I think the, one of the main reasons why a lot of people don't get the benefits is that it's so hard, they don't sustain it long enough to get the full benefits. Yeah, it, well, and that's, you know, <clears throat> but that's a great evolution of the whole concept. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, like in my world, going, I, I laugh when people sit there and say, oh, you're just, you're reinventing. Hell, I've reinvented so many things. <laughs> yeah. I, if, yeah, if, what, I, what if is, I actually yeah. reinvented so many things, I, I'm, I'm impressed with all the things that I've reinvented. <laughs> what they're saying is there are consistent principles in violence. Guess what? Yeah, there are. And, and, and throughout time, those principles are consistent. And you will see those things in, vari in a variety of different areas nobody has a patent on the tool of violence right. you know right. all i can do is you know i can point out what works in conjunction with injury to the human body because that that's pretty consistent and you can achieve injury to the human body learning all sorts of different combat arts and uh, systems that come in what i try to do is i try to give my clients the direct path to that in the idea that they're devoid of choice and they're fighting for their lives so it's a very specific niche that i'm trying to apply that information to 
And, you know, taking that there, but to sit there and think, you know, to act like anybody's reinventing this stuff, it's, it's not, it, that, that's not the case. What you're doing is you're, you're taking principles and you're packaging for a client in a way to get a specific result. And, you know, I am not, you know, I am not going after the client that wants to be a combat sport practitioner, right? you know, and I'm not going after it, but I'm also not belittling that, nor am I saying one is better than the other. I'm saying I'm going after a specific need. And so how do you communicate to uh, a guy? How do I communicate to, you know, I'm right across, you, you know, where my place is, Mike, I'm right across from, uh, from syndicate. And so I got tons of guys, you know, syndicate has just about every big UFC guy, you know, working out here. Right. And uh, I recently had a couple of, of uh, Brazilian uh, BJJ guys that I know from San Diego come out and we were talking about that. And one of the guys was telling me, he said, yeah, he goes, I tried. He goes, I tried to drop a guy. I was outside of a bar and I tried to drop a guy who attacked my friend and I had him. He said, I dropped him and I had him in a, in a guillotine. Uh and three other guys came up and just started kicking the shit out of me, <laughs> you know, and, and he meant it very. And this dude's a badass right. practitioner. Don't get me wrong. And it, right. but the honesty of him was he said, yeah, he said, you know, one's not better than the other. It's just I realized that I had only been training for that idea of the duel. Right. One on one type situation. And when you threw these outliers in of multiple people, yeah. I, I need to change my parameters because thank God I didn't get I didn't get killed. He said, you know, I could have easily got killed in that situation. And it wasn't it wasn't that he wasn't well trained. He just didn't have certain information on how to approach a situation like that. And so to me, it's always it's always fun to take a guy who's highly skilled in one area and then just give him some additional information on how to take what he what he already knows and then apply it. When, you know, all of a sudden, a lot of the conditions that he learned under rules, ring, ref, weight classes aren't available to him. Right. So how does he take how does he take the best of what he learned out there? And how does he how does he judge success outside of the ring when he's fighting for his life? And to me, that's a really, really fun um, evolution. But I certainly don't sit there and try to say, you know, jujitsu sucks. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy. You know, that's that's not it. it. It's the ideas that. Yeah, I, we well, have, I, th- I think being inclusive is I, I see you have a very inclusive approach, not 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 meaning that you're just going to take anything you see and apply it to what you're doing. You discriminate and discern well. But I think I think music has a similar issue where people want to categorize everything. Right. They go, this is not hardcore. This is metalcore. It's like this is not metalcore. This is death metal. And just because of the way something is categorized, someone will like it or, w- or won't like it or won't give it a chance. But if, if I tell someone who only listens to hardcore, it's like, oh, here's a great hardcore band. And even in reality, it's not a hardcore band. But because I said it was, they're, they're going to be more amenable. So people people right. sometimes just get into these myopic paths where they're yeah. going and they just put blinders on. Yeah, Tim, yeah, what it, makes me think about when you speak about the guy, the jiu-jitsu practitioner, and being in that real-life situation, not to say that being in a cage is not real life, but it's a little bit more of a controlled environment. It also makes me think about a lot of shooters now. Some, you know, A lot of people get their CHL or their CCW, depends on what jurisdiction you're in and what they call it in your state, your concealed carry license. They feel like when they go to the range, one of the things they encourage people to do is like once you get it, you know, it doesn't stop right there. You have to put in the training. You have to learn and, and become familiar with shooting and shooting. So they feel that, okay, I'm going to go to the range this week. I'm going to go to the range at least once a month. And shooting at that paper target, 
you know, it's, it's almost like they're creating this false sense of security because they're in their mind thinking, I have my gun, I have my license, I carry, and I go to the range and I practice all the time. But the thing about it, that paper target doesn't try to attack you in a parking lot. It doesn't try to steal your wallet, you know, at the gas station. It doesn't try to, you know, start a, a gang war in the middle of a parking lot in Waco with a bicycle gang, you know, a motorcycle gang, and you're, a sta- you know, you're standing by. So all those different things. So... What ends up happening, they get in a situation where they have to protect themselves in real life and they freeze. They don't know what to do or their shooting is way off because the target is actually moving around left to right, back and forth or whatever else or coming right at them. Unlike that paper target did. So now they're realizing like, well, I have my license. I went to the range. What went wrong? You know, it's one of those same situations that made me think about with the guy you just spoke about with jujitsu. You know, and the fact he's, you know, a a pro fighter, you know, and it's a different situation. You got three guys coming at you at once. So it's very important that they get other types of training in there. So therefore, they have more information in order to process in certain situations like that. That's just, you know, that's just something I always try to throw in there when people say, well, I got by CHL. I can do that. You know, I'm good. You know, I wish somebody would. No, you don't. You don't ever wish somebody would. <laughs> okay, I don't care yeah. who you are. That's, you, somebody, the one thing about it, being prepared is one thing, but actually wanting it to happen is another thing. Honestly, you really don't well, want to, any of this to really happen. Mentally, are you really ready to deal with that for the rest of your life? Whether it's somebody attacking you in a situation where they learn from one of your courses, Tim, or where they learn whether in a shoot, a combat shooting course or something like that. Do, are you really mentally prepared to deal with having to protect yourself at all costs? Are you ready for that? That is the well, question. There's, there's, a, there's an interesting guy out of, uh, out of Miami who trained, um, who's a, a CCW. Um, and, and combat shooting trainer. His name escapes me right now, but he was telling this great story, which I found to be very, very true. Um, he, he had a good, his, this is a great uh, lead generator for him. He would offer a free course to all new um, CCW holders. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he would do is he would uh, have his instructors all be inside a kill house. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> their, their, uh, their instruction was, no matter what, do not engage the client. You know, don't, I don't want you to go for your gun. I don't want you to point a gun at him. I don't want you to just be where you're at. You can walk, you can do whatever you want. Don't charge the guy. Don't attack. Don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then he would have people enter the house, say, Hey, you know, this is your, this is the house. Somebody's in the house, you know, and you, you need to go clear your house. In the high 90s in percentile, <laughs> they shot the first two guys showing no, no, no questions, nothing. The just like first that. time in a simulation, knowing ahead of the time, they didn't know that, you know, whether anybody shoot back or anything like that. But the idea was, okay, you're going to walk through here and, you know, clear the house. And see, they saw a person just standing there and they shot him. Right. And, and it was that whole idea that there's this disconnect between, you know, walking, walking through, like people carried conceal all the time. And, you know, people love to quote the 21 foot rule. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Dennis Tuller himself said the only reason the guy that did the tool is called the Tuller drill, meaning and the idea for those that don't know, it, it means within 21 feet, if a, if somebody with a knife can get within 21 feet of you, there's a good chance they're gonna be able to run you down and stab you multiple times before you can utilize your, your sidearm. What everybody forgets about that is he says, oh, hey, by the way, we were just happened to shoot at seven yards. That's why we picked 21 feet. And, yeah, I was really shocked by that. Oh, and there's nothing special about 21 feet. By the way, if you carry concealed and if you are you carry deep concealed, it goes upwards of 65 feet. Yeah. 
to, and because nobody actually really practices, you know, how do I cure my cancer? So now I have it. How many times have I actually practiced for what we're talking, what are you talking about since they're real, real life? How would I really use this thing? Exactly. And have I thought about that? Have I trained for that? Have I conditioned myself for that? And that to me is, is the most important thing. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I think firearms are amazing. You know, I would, I, I have, I own tons of firearms. Hell, I have a whole firearms business here in Vegas, mm -hmm. but you know, my, my first thing is, are you going to train with the tool? Because it's not going to be what you think it is unless you, you know, you really understand how it operates, how it works for you and how comfortable you get with it. And have you thought out those hard things that you just talked about? Are you really okay with shooting somebody? Yeah. And, and have you thought about the ramifications of that? And have you really thought about what it's going to take for you to do that? Um, and again, this isn't, anti-gun this isn't I don't, I don't i'm not pro or anti-gun i i very much uh uh am realistic about you know firearms but they are reality in our country and they're actually you know what they're reality in the world the just world, because yeah. they're outlawed i like i think i told you guys last time i've been to parts of the world where the gun laws are horrifically oppressive and you know like the like all throughout the caribbean and yet they have more guns per capita than anywhere else in the world right you know, and so so that's just a reality that, you know, when, when you look at something like that. But as you said, it's it's kind of like buying, you know, you know, buying a TRX and throwing it on your your thing, never using it. <laughs> and then just all of a sudden you're going to magically get the benefits of using a TRX or, or, or using a well, actually here. We wouldn't want to use a TRX. We'd use Lifeline products. That's the makings of a true <laughs> listener of this show. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's just like you know, just because you go and buy the protein powder, <laughs> absolutely. You, you know, you know the, the TRX going to get the muscle. Come on, man, it's just not going to work that way. So, and and the, one of the ways that you do that again, when you are someone that carries, okay, there are things you need to do in your private time when you're not at the range. That it's no different than you going to the gym and training. There's, you got to put in the reps. You need to put in the reps of doing dry fire. Make sure that you know. Make sure that your your firearm is empty. Make sure that you're not going to point at something that you're not going to destroy. You know, you go through all the four steps that are very important but you go through those reps of pulling from that holster pulling from that holster the way you're going to carry it over and over and over and but while you're doing it, you need to visualize situations where you would have to do that because a yeah here's the thing it makes it very it makes it more familiar now trust me nothing's going to beat you know that actual thing happening at that time because now you've got adrenaline kicking in and that's like we were talking about earlier that's kind of like when you go mentally you just go to shit when the, the adrenaline kicks in and you don't you can't even recite your own name which you know another thing is when people talk about keeping you know their firearms in their home they keep it in a safe you know in a and with a combination okay someone kicks that door in are you really going to remember <laughs> yeah. that combination at that moment you know that's the thing about it or if you're also on the flip side of that if you're that person that keeps your gun under your pillow you know and then somebody kicks that door in or you just hear a noise you grab that gun and you're going to do exactly what tim was just talking about you probably see the first little body you're going to shoot him okay well that ends up being a loved one you okay. know who was actually trying to walk out and see what the noise was themselves you know so again you need to have you know i'll give it to paul marco who has a podcast called student of the gun one thing he always stresses is that if you're going to be someone that keeps it that close to you when you're sleeping or something like that you need to have something that's going to interrupt your finger getting on that trigger asap so you need to keep yeah. it in a holster that covers that has a trigger guard that's going to cover that trigger up that's going to give you a few more seconds to think you know because that's the thing about it yeah you think like well in that situation you don't have time to think well, 
you, you need to be able to think quickly and make a decision quickly. And that's when it really comes. That's why practicing this things and seeing these things in your head over and over and over becomes very handy because it's somewhat familiar to you. You're not caught off guard where the first thing you do, like, I don't know what to do. Pow. <laughs> you know, and then, well, now you got a situation because every bullet we know that carries, you know, a lawyer's fee right behind it when it comes out of that chamber some way, somehow. So. Yeah. That, that's, it's, that's the thing, man, just making yourself familiar with these things. And, and another thing I see with your courses, you know, it's just creating that familiarity. Because, again, you're not going to always be in a situation where you can get a gun. You're not going to be in a situation where it's going to be legal to have a gun or to have the gun that you need or whatever. You know, so what are you going to do next? You know, well, I, you know, you know what's, what's so funny is I purposely have designed um, my approach with brand new clients now. With the idea of creating a life that minimizes the chance that you'd ever have to use self-protection, right. self-defense. Yeah, you know, how exactly. can, let, let's really look at that first. And I mean, that sounds, uh, I, I, but I couple it with the realities. I mean, I couple mm-hmm. it, but go, oh, by the way, if you ignore all these things and you actually bring this in, here's what here's what it's going to take to get yourself out of it. That's why I have to have them go through the physical. Right. Well, um, well, what's an example of something someone can do to avoid a situation? Well, it's, 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 we're going through, we're going through a bunch of, I'm going through a bunch of video right now. Um, number, number one, I, I may have said this last time, but it's still true because I got three more videos recently of this happening. Use of earphones, earbuds, walking around, uh, it just precipitously, you know, throws you up there. They're taking advantage of that big time. I mean, just taking with, taking with that sense. Yeah, it's the number one, it's the number one, um, issue right now with targeting of people if you have earbuds on and not just in urban areas you know um, i have this amazing video of a guy in uh, seattle walking down the uh, walking down a bus gets on a, on a public bus everybody's immersed in their phones everybody's immersed most of them have earbuds on they're just they're all looking at their screens nobody's interacting with anybody and this guy is literally just walking down the middle of the uh the aisle and the bus and putting guns in front of people and just grabbing their stuff. And, and even after that's happening, they're not warning the other people. They're just wow. all in their own wow. world. And this guy goes through to the point to where one guy finally just, he's literally looking down uh, at his phone. And then all of a sudden he sees the barrel of the gun come up and he looks up at the guy and he realizes, Oh, this is real. And, <laughs> yeah. and the most, the most interesting <laughs> he, part, he thought he was being punked or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, the most interesting part is he actually does a good uh, a good thing. He charges the guy and he, he uh, you know, he, he redirects the vector into the guy, but he's like, mm. but the most disturbing thing for me is here's a guy with a gun in front of him. He makes the first move. Correct. He has in his other hand, his phone, his iPhone or whatever. And what's it, what does he do with it? He's filming it. <laughs> no, he's, he's literally, this is in Seattle. So he has like a longer chair, but it almost is bad. He's putting it in his pocket. God forbid he didn't get the insurance when he got it from the Apple store, you know? <laughs> That's, but, 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 but we sit there and just sit there. If you do not think that you're going to do what you train, here's this guy, life's on the line. Boom, and instead of, instead of Worried either using the phone, phone to brain him <laughs> yeah, exactly. and use it as, a, as an impact device, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. his, first, his first thing with his life on the line is, I got to put my you phone in my pocket. can't kill my phone. <laughs> exactly. No, it's like you know? what, it's like what Boss Rutan says about <laughs> knife defense. You go, you know, if someone has a knife, you you do you grab anything around that creates exactly. distance, whether it's a chair, whether it's a broomstick, a, a broomstick yeah. you know, anything. Because once that guy gets near you with a knife and starts stabbing, right. you're in trouble. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, nobody, yeah, no, no, nobody wants to be stabbed on that. I mean, uh, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I'm it's one of those things. But, well, some but, people might, but that's another story altogether. You know, there's some yeah. S&M clubs where you know, that's, a, that's well, a different type of stabbing. Stab you, that's I mean, the Blackburn right there. That's what got no, Ken Blackburn was telling us about one that he goes to where I mean they'll defecate on you. So I mean, you know, who knows what people want out there? <laughs> Ken, Ken is Ken is really just he's a Renaissance man. I got I got to spend some time with this guy because he just sounds fascinating. <laughs> outside, he can he can, he, can he can show you his gorilla kettlebell collection too. When you're, <laughs> jam, jam. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, you know, like you were saying, Kim, uh, Tim, it comes to this point where you got to have these levels of awareness and and the mental conditioning. Right. These are like right. some of the first steps of just self protection, right there. This before you even start thinking about what weapon, yeah, yeah, what spatial weapon awareness. Before yeah. you even get to all that, you know, how do you avoid even putting yourself in a situation where you need a weapon? And that's the thing about it. And then what's happening yeah. is so many people, are just, like you said, are so distracted. I, I, when, every time I go to the gas station, it's just it's just a it's a lab experiment for me. It's a lab experiment. I love to yeah. sit around and just watch everyone putting gas in their car and what they're doing, what they're doing. I'm seeing yeah. passenger side windows down. The women are leaving their purse in the passenger side, you know, seat, you know, yeah, while right. she's over on the other side pumping gas in the car on her cell phone. You know, so I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, somebody can really just take a purse. It's really that easy. Or they can just actually, you know, go in on the other side right there and climb in the car and wait. Because she's not paying attention, you know, and the music's up loud. She can't even hear anything. Why is the music on while you're putting gas right. in your car? Turn your car. Turn it off. Why do you have that? You know, or like I said, everyone's got their heads down all the time. They have to be on the phone. Why do you have to be on the phone for just one minute, two minutes to put gas in a car? What are you missing? What's happening here? And, you know, one of the things, um, there's a channel called the Sportsman Channel. You know, I don't know on, like, which cable networks that you may find it or whatever. They have the show called Stop the Threat. It's a very interesting show to watch because you see all these different scenarios, you know, whether someone is carrying or they're not, you know, whether they're a law-abiding citizen that has a CHL, CCW, or whatever, or they're not, but how they get into all these different scenarios. And they're real stories because these are real crime stories that are happening, and the, the viewers send them in, and they just reenact it and say, okay, what could have been better? In this situation, how could this have been avoided? Or do you think that the person responded in the correct manner that was appropriate for that situation? It's never a perfect situation. When it comes to violence, there is no perfect situation other than escaping alive. Okay, that's the perfect situation. Yeah. Everything else, no, nah, there's no ideal. There's no foundation. There's no, there's no, it has to be this way all the time. No, the only thing that needs to apply if you're being violently attacked is like, I need to live. Okay, you know, I'm not. I don't want to die. It's like, no, I need to live. I need to survive, and that's the thing about it. So, I, and I think that's where people get in trouble when they like defend themselves so they don't die. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you're right. already looking yeah. at it the wrong way. You've kind of already made yourself a victim. Like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Like, no, dude, I'm gonna live. Okay, I'm getting out of this. Well, it's like Richard, like Richard yeah. Makowitz said, author of Unleashing the Warrior yeah. Within. I remember I interviewed him early in my career, and we were talking about Frank Shamrock, who was the UFC middleweight champion at that time. And he basically said, look, a lot of a lot of people who are not professional fighters, they think about, oh, man, I hate to go in there because they're worried about what the opponent is going to do to them. But someone who's a champion, they're not worried about what the opponent's going to do to them. They're focused on what they're going to do to their opponent. Exactly. You know, someone like Anderson Silva being a perfect example of that until <laughs> until he met Chris Weidman. That's another story. But before that, you know, he was he was very confident, obviously, going in there and, and thought he could get away with anything. And he did for a while. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that, that's that's kind of the whole thing is, is you know, it, the, the focus really is the, your best, you know, quote unquote defense 
is not, you know, they say the best defense is a good offense. It's really not that, but it's exactly what you talked about. I mean, you have to be outward focused. You have to be focused on what you can do, what, what you're going to do. Because if you try to figure out what the other guy's up to, you're still far behind the power right. curve. Yeah. You know, and, and that's that's just it. It's, it's I mean, about taking action. Exactly. And then some idiots, though, take it too far where they're like, okay, I got to be spatially aware. So this guy's <laughs> looking at me. So I'm like, what the fuck are you looking at? It's like yeah, now, exactly. now you're creating a hostile situation, yeah. which wasn't even right. there. Yeah. And a, a lot of guys are guilty of this where Why someone might look at the girl and yeah, like, what the fuck are you looking at her for? You know, it's like, it's like you're cre- it's like, look, man, that guy was walking down the street and gone <laughs> until you said that. And now you right. just created a situation where now he feels like he needs to defend himself. And you're in the, you know, so I mean, another, another good self-protection method or self-defense method is don't unnecessarily create hostile situations. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I always tell people, I mean, people think I'm joking, but I tend to go through life treating everybody, basically, especially those that I don't know, just the random public, that that individual is literally six seconds away from a shooting spree. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to be the person to trigger <laughs> right. that shooting spree. Meaning, so how would I, you know, and how would I interact with a person like that? Well, I absolutely, that's not in a fearful way, but it's in a, in a very much... You know, why would I do anything to give that person an excuse? Right. You know, that's unnecessary. Why would I agitate that? Like if I get somebody cutting me off, it's hey, believe me, it's as unpleasant as it is for anybody to get on, you know, there or if somebody, you know, not only does that, but then also gestures at you and everything like that. I've trained myself now to sit there and say, hey, that's not about me. This guy's having or this woman's having a, a really bad day. Well, they, they need to they need to go work yeah, out. Yeah. Is the problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have too much is, anxiety you know, energy. You tell yourself, <laughs> it's not my fault. This guy's late to wherever he needs to be. So whatever whatever's going on exactly. with that guy has nothing to do with me. So you know what? If you need to cut me off, so be it. You know, or like someone flicks you off and then you feel yeah. the you like yeah, all of a sudden you're like, speeding like, after this it, guy because you got you got you got to flick the ball back. No, fuck you, man. Who knew that a middle finger had so much control over you? Like like Mike Mike Tyson has the Mike Tyson has this funny story where he's walking through New York City and some guys drive by and they yell the n-word at him and he's running oh, down yeah, the street that. chasing the car and he, he ran like three blocks he's like what am i doing man it's like i'm running after a car in new york city you know? <laughs> yeah exactly well then there's that there's that story that i shared with you guys last time you know the alex gong story where he actually yeah, did yeah. that yeah he, uh, he ran after a guy that sideswiped his car and not realizing again the unthinkable right you know yeah. he he's used to it he was going to intimidate the guys pounding on on the on the thing the guy on 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 uh, the guy's uh, car window and the guy literally just you know lifts a 45 up and blows him in the chest twice yeah and, and kills him you know same thing like Mike Tyson just did uh, and again it, it's that it's that whole idea that that I always go back to that idea of sleeping with your head in the railroad track okay I get away with it that one time so I'm going to do it the next time and you just never know who you're going to run into right. and then then you pull yourself back and you go okay you know. Is that worth it? Is it worth it that it could possibly end up that either I end up causing grievous bodily harm to another individual yeah. or or they do so to me over this particular event that that, that as we're defining it was avoidable? Yeah. And, and that's a hard thing. Now, people sit there when I when I go this route, oftentimes people are like, yeah, yeah, but I want to learn how to kick ass. I want to learn how to do it. I go, hey, right. I'll, I'll show you that. And normally what I'll do is go, fine, here, do this, this, and this, or kill them. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, oh, no, no, you just want to know how to do it. I'll, I'll show you that real quick. That's no the, the, those are people going back to what Sincere said that are looking to get right. into situations. Yes. Those are people that are going out trying to create those situations. Yeah, and, and that's just, they, they're, they're choosing to respond with violence, and they're right. doing it in a scenario 
that they didn't have to use the tool. It's a really it's a really lousy tool to use because right. violence doesn't solve problems. It just cuts off communication. It ends communication. <laughs> right. and, and, the, and the reason I give that is it's that, that, that idea of the schoolyard fight, you know, um, you know, schoolyard fight. Everybody's excited. You know, the bully is going to fight, you know, the nerd. And so and so at three o'clock at three o'clock, we all know from, from the social staffs in the school, the nerds are hoping maybe there's a status change today. Yeah. So maybe today is the day that I'm going to I'm going to, you know, I, you know, we're going to the bully's going to lose and and we're going to finally have some relief. And then, of course, the bully, the bully and his contingent, they want the social status to stay the same level. Right. And so there's something to be learned by the outcome of that particular fight. But what if. We all show up at three o'clock and the nerd out of the back of his backpack pulls out a tech exactly. yeah. and just unloads on the bullying. You know, what happens? Yeah. Everybody runs. Why? Because there's nothing to be learned. Right. right. It's pure. Right. And that's that's the difference between what what sincere is talking about. Guys that choose to do that antisocial aggression. And then real violence. When we see it, we all recognize it immediately and we get the hell out of there. Right. You know, nobody wants to experience that. And, and that's the challenge of when you put this information out. Okay, how can I help, how can I put it in a way that's you know? First of all, I'm not trying to scare the hell out of everybody. You know, that's not the idea. But the idea is if we clearly understand that hey, there's a lot of stuff that my ego says I should be participating in, and yeah. now I don't have to. Man, I got to tell you, Mike, it just it, it gives you a relief. I, I think to, sometimes you need to do a pattern break, right, just to satisfy yeah. yourself. So what I mean is let's say I'm walking the dogs and someone mouths off to me. So me instead of me going, hey, fuck you, man, I'll kick your fucking ass, you just say something totally random that's going to break right. his pattern, such as, are you constipated? <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I mean, look, look, I mean, given how much irritation <laughs> you're showing me, you must be constipated. Eat a bran muffin and you'll feel a lot better. That guy is going to be looking at, the, at his feet wondering what the hell just happened because it's a totally – unexpected response to a situation where they're probably trying to provoke something. It's like, I'm going to tell that guy to F off and he's going to tell me to F off and then maybe it'll escalate into this. And you totally diffused well. it, but you still satisfied yourself because you're walking away just kind of laughing instead of creating, uh, instead of making this fire bigger. Well, with he's like, he's like, well, you're I'll give you a perfect example. Than he is at that point. He's like, wait a minute. Did, it, did that <laughs> yeah, just tell exactly. me to a brand well, you like, look, do you need dude, to fart because you look like you're about to implode. Big, you know? guy with that well, dude, I'll, I'll give me the brand muffin. What the fuck, man? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you a perfect. I'll give you a perfect example from uh, from your podcast, dude. Yeah. The story that you tell about sprinting. Oh yeah. And your neighbor oh, yeah. with, the, with the dog. That's what I was alluding to. Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, but but seriously, if we really look at that, so I remember when and when oh, I. But was you know, but you know, I told that guy to f off. So that's not a good example. No, it is. I, I, no, no, I, I no. wish I wish I did tell the guy. Dude, you're lucky. Go eat a He's bread lucky. Bread. That's all you did. That's, <laughs> no, the, that's, and, and that's what, what I mean by that is you being you. The only response he got was you kept it social. You got you got back to him. But I was looking at it from his standpoint. Look what that freaking knucklehead did. I mean, he easily could have been inviting him into his life. What if you weren't you? What if you were a guy who just got out of the of the can, and and you're sitting there and you're and you're you're sprinting because you're staying in shape and stuff like that, and this dude pushes it that level with you, yeah, on it, and all of a sudden he's dealing with a situation where it's like, whoa, 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 hey, I, right. you know, I didn't yeah, mean that. Hey, it's too late. This guy's in his backyard. This, this, well, this guy's in his backyard too. So now you know where he right. lives and everything. Exactly. He's, he's making himself a very, very a target yeah. without thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're making yourself very vulnerable. 
you know, you're mouthing off at someone from your backyard. Yeah, that's real smart. <laughs> you know, it's like now that person knows where they live. If there's someone who wants to take it to the next level, you know, who knows no, what they're capable of. of. In his mind, he probably uh, like, yeah, he's yeah, about being in his backyard. He's like, well, if that guy comes over here, I can go in and get my whatever. You know, and so that. that well, that, he felt like it was safe given the right. neighborhood, right? <laughs> he felt that he can be this kind of ornery dipshit and people are just going to put up with it. And I'm not going to put up with it. I'm not going to jump over the fence and. and punch him in the face that's obviously going too far but i'm not going to tolerate it either and he didn't really know what to do with that because he's probably used to mouthing off and then people just tolerate it because that's the kind of neighborhood it is that's all that's all get along to get along kind of thing and i and i'm that way too i'm a cool guy as well i don't go out there provoking stuff but if someone is coming at me in a way that's completely irrational i'm not going to tolerate it that makes me me think of one more thing tim because we have so many of these scenarios in these ideal situations that give us a lot of people a false sense of security. So just, I've been to Mike's house. I've been to Mike's neighborhood. It's a gated community and I live in one myself. And meanwhile, you know, just a few blocks away, you know, in a brand new development, that's a gated community. There's been a series of robberies and truth be told on paper, this area is a very upper class, good, you know, nice area. Which me, coming from just where I've been born and raised and people I know, I'm like, that does not make you safe. That makes you a target because they're thinking like, well, you're nice and safe. You're feeling all secure. You're a little sloppy because you don't have to be on a higher, a higher advantage of alert, alertness on a daily basis than someone that, let's say, is in a more grimier neighborhood or whatever. So I really think that a lot of these things that people buy into, hey, you know, this is a nice brand new community. You know, it's an upper class neighborhood. And it's a gated community. You know, we have a 24 hour, arm, right. you know, we have a 24 hour guard, guard house. He's not an armed guard, but even if he was armed, he's just <laughs> one damn guard with yeah. a gun. If he was armed, you saw yeah. if you got a gang coming in or just four or five, you know, guys together who are doing robberies together, that guy's at a disadvantage and they're getting in. Once they pop his ass one time, it's a, it's a wrap. They're in the neighborhood and they're right. kicking indoors. Right. What do you do? So I think we get into this false security thinking like, well, I don't have to be aware because it's already been taken care of for me. You know, they, they this community has gone out of its way to make it secure. And plus, we got an armed guard. You know, we got a you know a police substation a few blocks away, which you know by the time the call goes in, it may take them about fifteen minutes, even if they are a few blocks away from you. You know, take about fifteen minutes to get to the location. So, what are you prepared to do? In the words of Sean Connery on Untouchables, what are you prepared to do? And that's the thing about it. So right. again, we keep putting our health. It's like fitness. We, too many people put their health in the hands of others instead of taking care of it themselves. That's why so many people rather, hey, Mike, sincere, you know, can I, I want to do some online coaching with you. You know, can you do my diet for me? Can you, you know, you do my, my yeah. nutrition program? No, fitness and, yeah, and exactly. finances. I mean, Amer- American Greed is one episode after another of people who put their financial future in the wrong person's hands and pay exactly. the consequences. Well, it goes back to, I mean, I, I, you know, I just noticed it only because of the people that come to me, you know, um, the, the idea of violence ending your life is such mm-hmm. a game changer, you know, that, 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 that people look at it. But what I found across the board, now let's not even talk about violence. What I've just found is the things that will make the biggest difference in your life are the easiest to put off, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's just it. I mean, I mean, the things that will make a huge change in your life that will actually be the preparation are, are it's, it's easy for us to ignore, you know, good nutrition. You know, it's easy for us to ignore, you know, proper training. We, we, we will put off things like that as, as opposed to taking the, the, you know, the selfie that's going to go up on Facebook or you know, <laughs> any of the instant gratification stuff. 
the things that are going to require a little bit of thinking and a little bit of work. And yet the yield is huge, you know, putting time into, you know, if you're talking about business, putting time and you know, deliberate thought into a really good, um, you know, marketing campaign for a new product and, and do stuff like that. Those are the easy things to to put off, you know, um, because we always tell ourselves we're going to have time right. to do that. And, and that to me is, is really something as I'm, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm really trying to put the time into um, those things as, you know, as I was talking earlier in the podcast, you know, like you know, we started this off talking about recovery methods. And what's interesting is because I put time in the recovery methods, I'm really enjoying the benefits of great workouts, right. new personal records and, yeah. and a well-being that I haven't had in years. And uh, the only difference is I've started paying attention to freaking recovery, even though it was easy for me to blow that stuff off. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's here's the way I look at recovery is you have to treat it as equal importance to your workouts. So if you work out hard four times a week, you need to do four things for recovery. And I, I take those just as seriously as my workouts because I know the impact it has on my training. You don't get stronger when you train. You get stronger when you're recovering. That's what people forget. So, yeah, you have to create the stimulus with the hard workout. Then you have to back it off and restore. So the greater you can restore, the better. Most people, what happens is they work out hard on Monday, and then they may work out hard on Wednesday. They still haven't recovered from Monday's workout. Now they're doing Wednesday. Wednesday. Then they're working out again on Friday. So now you've got two workouts that have put you into a deficit going into your third. You know, you're just tiptoeing on overtraining, which is real. Now there's this little myth going around now that overtraining is not real. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, good luck. Those with are that. people that never work. <laughs> they don't out work out hard. <laughs> I, I really laugh when I hear that. Overtraining is a myth. It's like it's not a fucking myth. All right, I'll put you through a workout where you get you're going to get weaker and feel like shit within three workouts, and your strength is going to go down. There's nothing mythological about that. In real life, it's like you, you said all you do is put in yeah, eight exactly. hours a week, and you consistently do that through a whole year. You're going to explode <laughs> in one way. Something your, your ball, your yes. balls now. You had, a, you had a full head of hair at the <laughs> beginning of the year. Now you're bald, and your blood pressure through the marriage, roof. Whether just be just your mental aspect of life, something's going to suffer. And there is such thing as over. That's overtraining right there. You just dress it up with another yeah. word. It's like it's like it's like don't it's like don't <laughs> try working out. It's like don't sleep at all yeah, for a week and then. Try working out. Let's see how good that workout is. You know, don't, don't eat for two days and then work out. Let's see what happens. You know? So people, I mean, people debate the dumbest things. So you know, why do we have to debate things that are obvious? You know, it's like this whole well, there, there aren't any studies to support. Oh, it's like, I don't give we, a fuck if there see. aren't any studies. <laughs> I know, I know personally that something works or doesn't. Work. If I know something that something, if I know personally that something works or doesn't work, I don't need a fucking study to validate it one way or the other. Because for me, I know exactly what's going on. And that's where people need to get. They need to take personal responsibility where instead of reading 10 diet books and being disappointed <laughs> that they didn't get the results they wanted, it's like, well, what did you do to personalize this approach yourself? What experimentation well, no, have you done to actually no, personalize it all. something? They told me everything <laughs> I need to do because it was the one way to do it. Because, you know, that's yeah. how you know. Yeah, no yeah. book can take everyone no, into account. It can't. There's just no way. It's not possible. 310, what, 310 plus million Americans? How the hell are they going to take you into account? <laughs> okay, that's going to be a big <laughs> yeah. book. You talk about that's the war and peace of diet books right there because that book is going to be pretty freaking thick and it's trying to take into account everyone and everybody's everything that they have going on. So, yeah, people, come on. Let's just right. let's think. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, 
those people need to get a float <laughs> tank. <laughs> you know, no like, shit. So, yeah. <laughs> those are people's like, look, you know, the problem here is, is that you need, you haven't done a float exactly. tank session recently. You know? <laughs> That's the problem. You get in there, you're not going to waste time with all this pedantic exactly. crap. You, so, you know, Tim, you're talking about, you know, putting in the time in order to enjoy the benefits, man. So. That's uh, that's one thing. Before we wrap things up, that's one thing we talk about with your courses. I know you got things coming up, man. And I know you're coming back in my backyard. And, you know, last time we talked, I was like, yeah, we, Mike and I were going to try to do our best to make the one. I'm definitely trying to make the connection with you in Dallas. I know you're coming there. I think in like August. I think that's when you're coming there. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. We'd, lo- we'd love to have you, dude. Please come as my guest anytime. Um, it's one of those things that, that, again, you know, my stuff's easy to put off too. You know, I mean, let's put it this way. For me to give up a weekend right now to go do a seminar is really, really tough. And I never take that for granted. It, yeah, I never take that for granted with, yeah. with, with a client, and I totally get it. Um, and, and, and you have to sit there and say, okay, what, you know, what's the cost, you know, what's the benefit here? You know, what, what type of investment am I making in myself by doing something like this? And for some people, you know, learning about, you know, the reality is in the tool of violence. We try to make it in a really super understandable way. I try to do it in a way where they walk away with the principles that they need. They walk away with a great skill set as far as how to live your life. You know, it's not just about, you know, the idea of, you know, the act of how to injure the human body to save your life. It's like, hey, why don't we just adjust the way we we live? You know, let's adjust some things. Let's have a really good life plan to minimize, you know, this stuff coming into our lives. Um so there's there's a twofold there's a twofold you know uh, challenge with that you know getting people to actually you know have the time to come by. So I, I get it you know when somebody tells me I really really want to come by but life gets in the way and and you know I I know how difficult it is. I do feel that the people that come through they they really do enjoy it and uh, you know they're you know my big thing is to make sure that if you're going to give me that time then I'm going to get back to you, you know, a, a really great takeaway and a good value to where you don't feel that, you know, it was a, a weekend where, you know, you misplaced your time. Tim, have you ever had someone who took your course and seemed like everything was fine? And then a week later, you get an email <laughs> where they're complaining about what they didn't like about the course and blah, blah, blah. Have you experienced that? Oh, yeah, I've had people I have, you know, when by the time they get to me for that, uh, I, I haven't had too many. I had one guy who was completely irate uh, second day because he just felt like he, you know, he wasn't, he didn't like his training partners. <laughs> he didn't like, he didn't like, he liked the other people in the thing. He felt, he felt that I wasn't getting him the right, you know, the right challenges because he had in his mind, he thought he should be surrounded by, I guess, a bunch of like yoked out uh, NFL players, <laughs> um, even though he was not an impressive individual. Um, you should have had, you should have had some 120 pound female student of yours just flip this guy in his ass. Well, like, is that, that better a, for you? That was a problem. I had one of my uh, senior female students that was there and I think it was an embarrassing thing for him because she yeah. was rocking. She was right. Cause he'd go, he tried to go hard. She, she, she had no problem with it. Yeah. And she, she just lay into it. He didn't want to believe a lot of people don't want to believe that somebody that they perceive as smaller and weaker, quote unquote, can injure them. Yeah. And so they'll push it. And it's a huge ego deflation for them <laughs> when a, when that a, reality is a well-deserved well one for being so yeah. stupid. In well, the first it, place, you know? you're doing them a huge favor because you want to learn in a controlled environment where you're not risking anything. You want to learn that, hey, your perceptions were wrong, yeah. Um, yeah. It, you know, rather, rather than do that. But, yeah, he 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 did when it gave him an immediate. Ref- I always anybody complains or anything. First thing I do is write him a check. Yeah. You know, see, see you later. I don't. I've never been one of those people that's, you know, even if it was one of those things beyond warranty or any of that other kind of crap, I, I give them the check. 
Yeah, because, I, I never debate people either. It's like if they're not if they're not if they're dissatisfied and they're telling me, I'm not going to argue with them about why they should have been satisfied. It's yeah. like, well, it's, it's your fault that you're dissatisfied. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I do the same thing. I go, you know there what? You Sorry to hear that. Bam, here's a refund. Well, I, it's funny. I quickly realized that there's something more going on than just that. Now, listen, if somebody truly came in and it just wasn't for them, yeah. I'm, to- I'm totally fine with that, you know. But they pretty much know my approach before they would ever make the commitment to come train with me. Right. So, you know, I, I really try to go out of my way, you know, to be consistent that way with people. So I've been I've been lucky that way. But, uh, I, you know, my biggest problem, not my biggest problem, but the best stuff to read for me are all these people that know exactly what I do that have maybe seen like five minutes of a video somewhere. <laughs> and uh, and they, they told me everything about my training and where it came from and what I do. And, you know, <laughs> and it, it's just it's hilarious to read that shit. You know, you just sit there and you go, God, you know, first of all, you sit there and go. Who has the time to write stuff like <laughs> oh, this? Yeah. You know? People, people find it. Man. It's, <laughs> it's, but, but Tim, it's you're you're great. really good at you're really good at defusing people because I remember years ago you gave me some good. You might not even have given the advice to me. It was just advice you posted somewhere. And basically, whenever someone <laughs> gives you all this negative feedback, you just respond, going, "Oh, thanks a lot for taking the time oh, to I give me this advice. I really appreciate it." And that's it. You totally <laughs> diffuse it because the, it goes back to that whole incident of someone mouthing off to you. They're expecting you to mouth off back, and then you're responding back, cool, calm, controlled, unemotional. And these 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 kind of people that are trying to provoke those responses have they don't know what to do with that. Well, I had a guy recently that uh, I saw something. Um, somebody sent me a thing where he literally went on YouTube <laughs> and he wrote this thing: you know, "TFT sucks." <laughs> you know, he a whole thing. And, and, and the guy, the guy came point. in and he, he says he right, he went in this whole thing and, and I. I, tr- I I emailed him because you could tr- email him through I think yeah. Google Plus. I just sent him a message, right. and I said, "Hey man, I'm not looking to uh, have a public debate with you, and I'm certainly not looking to change your mind. But you brought up some points and some clarifications, and and if you wanted to discuss them, I'm totally open to it." And clicked it, and oh, the guy came back, boom! <laughs> and so we end up talking, and you know, he's a, he was a, a nice enough guy. Um, I answered all of his questions on everything like that. At the end of it, he was like, over, you know, he's overjoyed. He's like, Hey, thank you for taking time. I didn't think anybody would. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, I don't have a problem. I said, good. Now I wouldn't do it to yeah, a, that, that sounds like a cry for help. From <laughs> well, it was, was some attention. He's like, I just little, need somebody to care about me. Show, there, show there me that they care. Bit, <laughs> there, yeah. There was definitely a little bit of that. And, and, but he also, I think he was shocked that, Hey, this is a real person. Yeah. You know, and I said, hey, I got no problem. You got a question about the, the system. That's fine. Right. And, you know, and so I gave it to him and I, he ends up taking the video down. He said, hey, I want to come to your next class and the whole thing, because <laughs> he actually liked, you know, kind of what I had to say on it. And, and that wasn't my reason for doing it. But I found that when you kind of don't hide and you engage these guys and I'm not saying like respond to every comment, but I'm saying once in a while, somebody directly tries to go after you. Oftentimes, they, the last thing they expect is for you to say, hey, thanks a lot. You know, I get, oh, shit, he actually saw what I wrote. And then you, and then there's this, well, hey, I didn't mean to be so harsh and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> I, I didn't mean to get you know, caught. I, I didn't know you were actually on this page and checking stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because he's a sorry you Yeah, exactly. He's just sorry you saw it and you called him out on it. That's what he's sorry about. He's not, he's not apologizing for what he wrote. He's apologizing that you saw it. He's apologizing that you saw it and took the time to engage him. He's like, oh, shit, now I got to deal with this. The other thing is too, man. I got guys, I got other friends of mine that are in the industry, and I mean, yeah. <laughs> they, they get 
freaking so worked up yeah, by know. these guys. I'm like, dude, seriously? I'm like, you know, we put ourselves out there. You know, I, I'm out there. I'm putting stuff. I realize people can soundbite me. I realize people can isolate things and make me look stupid, yeah. um, make me look weak, make me look counter, you know, uh, like a fraud. They're going to do everything that, that they can that way. That's just being in the game. Your best approach is to be consistent yeah, exactly. and stay in the game and keep being who you are and keep uh, putting your information out as you you know know it best. And eventually, all that stuff kind of goes away. You know, yeah. you just you just yeah. can't. You, they can't compete with consistency. You you, know? you you wear them down. You know, the yeah. longer the longer you stay the course and you stay true to your core principles, that you're just going to wear people down like that because they have you, you, they they have nowhere to go. Yeah, they're, they're not they're not winning, and then they just go on to the next target. You know, someone they can work up and and really get irate. Well, I wouldn't get anywhere if I mean I don't. I just there, there's no. Even if I don't think so, if I think somebody's approach is, is really shitty and really, really bad in my in my field, how is it to my benefit to spend the majority of my time tearing down that person's system or something? It just makes me look like an idiot. You know, it makes me look weak. It makes me look yeah, really like I don't have anything yeah. to share. And, you know, and if I'm asked directly about something, I will sit there and say, well, that's their approach. Here's my approach. I would much rather say I can't speak to them because, quite honestly, I, I always do try to look at something the way, you know, if I see some guy's stuff and it does look a little suspect to me, I also sit there and stop and say, I'm seeing one small segment right. of this guy. I know nothing about him. I don't know what his background is. I am not going to take the bait. I'm just yeah. not going to do it. What I will do is I'll say, here's what I do. And here's, I, you know, you ultimately client person out there are going to have to make the decision of what works for you because, you know, self-protection is a very personal decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you've got to be able to, you know, you've got to be able to, to feel good that if you're under threat, that whatever somebody shared with you is stuff that you believe in and you're willing to do, because that's right. the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. no, absolutely. No, I think it's also it shows confidence when people come to me sometimes and ask me what nutrition supplement companies other than my own that I recommend. And often I'll recommend a whole bunch, and they're surprised by that because most supplement companies don't recommend anyone else. And that's an insecurity in my opinion. I go, you know, She Health is really good. Delgado Nutritionals is excellent. Driven Sports is really good. Mark Phillippe, when he had his line, PSI line, was excellent. You know, so, and then those are just a couple off the top of my head. And I, I go, you're just being disingenuous when you're not honest with that because I've used comp products from those different companies, and I've liked them. So why would I – why would I? The, the insecure approach would be okay. I better not recommend those because they may go use those instead of mine, and then never come back to me. That's the insecure approach, but that's self defeating ultimately. Yeah, and I've never understood that idea that uh, you know, I, you know, you know, you and I privately have had this conversation before. Is that the idea is if if somebody's interested in the subject, they are going to seek out as much information as possible on the subject, right? And your hope as a as a provider content provider is that you're one of the people up on the on the uh on, on the bookshelf of information you know and um and that that you're part of that you know to expect that you're going to be only in fact i would be disturbed if somebody only looked at my stuff i would, I would, <laughs> right. I would sit there and go i probably don't want to spend any time with that individual there's probably a little bit more going on there yeah. you know got a stalker there yeah that's called well, that's stalker territory. <laughs> well, because well, 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 you know, I have in my, in my I got I got two twofold. As, as sincere said, yeah, I've got my my people out there that are haters. I'm actually more comfortable with them than some of my quote unquote defenders 
Um, <laughs> some of those people yeah, are just yeah, like, they, they have the their head up your ass. Little, their their head is up your ass a little bit too deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, hey, man, I go kick that guy's ass for you, Tim. You want me to go get him? Like, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Bro. Oh yeah. No, seriously, man. Yeah, you're not you're not doing <laughs> me any favors, guy. friend. You know, it's like uh. he doesn't know you like I know you, Tim. I'm like, you don't know me. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, that that's 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 a healthy yeah. attitude because I always tell people, I go, look, I question a lot of stuff, and you people should question what I write too because I'm not because my my evolution, I mean, my mind process is evolving all of the time where I don't look back at articles I wrote 10 years ago and agree with everything I yeah. said at the time. A lot of times I'm like going, man, what was I thinking during that time period? So, I mean, I, th- I think it's I think it's good when people have that they're just skeptical of certain things. You don't want to be so skeptical that you never right. try anything. Some people, they, they just think everything is bullshit and now it's an excuse <laughs> yeah. not to do anything. You know, that's yeah. unhealthy. But it's, it's good to have some healthy skepticism when you're evaluating whatever the topic is. Yeah, and, that, and that's the idea, too. It's also to be realistic about your own stuff. You know, I've never – I look at stuff that I did, um, you know, years ago. You know, 15 years ago, I looked at some old video work of mine going, wow, you know, I forgot I used to do – we used to approach the subject that way. I mean, we've really evolved in what it is, meaning, you know, is it is that bad information? No. It was the best information I had at the time. And now, you know, since then, I can point to the client and say, yeah, here's my evolution. And this is why I don't do that approach anymore. I found this approach to be more beneficial to you, the client. Therefore, I'm not going to hold on to something old just because that's the way I, I did it or I learned it. And um, and I'm OK with that. It's not being inconsistent. It's just it's evolving. It's constantly sitting there and going, if your focus is on what can I do to get the best for my client? Then you're going to constantly do that. You're going right. to change your right. you're going to change your formulations to get the maximum result for your client. That's right. And, and if something comes, uh, you know, uh, to your awareness, if there is a a, uh, a new herb or a new component that you can put into one of your products that's going to improve it, that does not mean that the old product sucked. Right. It means that you have just found that, hey, I'm going to improve the blend with this, that, or the other thing. Yeah, no, you're, that's absolutely correct. In fact, there's, it's funny you bring that up because there's two things I'm evaluating now which may end up being new ingredients or additional ingredients with my testosterone booster. It's too early for me to be premature and just add them in immediately, but it looks promising. It could make the, the formula better. So I think, I think that's important as well is that I'm constantly thinking about how to improve not only my existing line but new ideas. Like, is this good enough? to offer to my audience because you have to set a high bar where you don't just put your label on anything and throw it out there to make an extra buck. Yeah. I mean, you just have, to, and again, it's if you're playing the long game, if you're playing the long game, then, then that's your, your, you're constantly looking to evolve and you're um, constantly looking to keep your, your folks up to date with everything. Yeah. And I mean, that's cool, but that's, what's kind of cool about, you know, the fact that you guys have this show now, um, I can just tell just from the evolution of the show. I mean, the quality of, uh, the quality of, of, of people that you're interviewing uh, continues to grow. I mean, you keep you know falling back with slackers like me, but you know then you, you'll make up for it next week with uh, with, with you know somebody somebody you know. Uh, oh no, I think I think the whole discussion on shrinkage with the crowd chamber was <laughs> invaluable. Well, I really want to talk to you. I wanted to. I've been asking you for quite some time that I've wanted you to work on a personal girth project for me. Um, <laughs> well, that actually, what do you bring that up? I've got I've got a boner pill supplement That's, that I've actually been putting the <laughs> that I've actually been perfecting now. It's <laughs> Hey, have you guys talked to Inklin on yet? No, he's coming No, no, he had to reschedule. He was going to be on. When you do, you know, it would be really great for your audience. For We're joking right now, but the idea that he had the realization of what men will spend 
to correct erectile dysfunction versus what they'll do if they're serious. The same guy has serious heart problems. Yeah. You know, it just it, that whole evolution of what drives, you know, we talked about, hey, there's no scientific study for this or that or the other thing. That that would be a really good thing for your audience to kind People, of hear. Men, men will mortgage their home to correct that if it's bad enough. Yeah. You know? yeah. What that, drives- the, the ED, that is, not right. the heart disease. That one they'll yeah, just like, deal with you know, until they die. Like, well, I'll just deal with disease, it. But nobody yeah. will say, yeah, my dad had a little dick. You know, nobody wants to talk about that. Well, the, 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 <laughs> yeah, the majority, yeah, the majority of people who buy the T-Booster want the sex yeah. drive. But I've had people – Take the T-Boost and go, my energy's through the roof, my workouts, I'm killing it, I'm losing body fat, but I'm disappointed that the sex drive hasn't gone up, and they're so fixated on that. I was like, man, you just got all of those other <laughs> exactly. benefits. Yeah. This is the one thing. I go, I go. sex drive is a very complex arena. There, there's many factors that come into it. One of the biggest ones that people don't want to talk about is that people who work out hard are way more prone to have a low sex drive than people who don't work out at all because you are always bordering on overtraining again, which is real which will mitigate your testosterone levels, deplete your dopamine, which are the two most important factors for optimal sex drive, and just wear you out. You know, do it. If you don't believe me, do an experiment. It's like, say your sex drive is high right now. Okay, go overtrain for three weeks. Let's see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. But anyway, man, we could have you on all day. Thanks thanks a lot for the taking the time. And Guys, for, total, total pleasure, man. And uh, I hope uh, I hope next time, I, I, Mike and I live in the same damn city, and we have to freaking just you know, crowbar in time to see each other. So I'm going to make uh, an effort, you know, to, to connect more regularly with Mike. And so Sarah, I'm hoping Dallas, you know, uh, it, it, you know, if I, if you can connect, that would be great. And please guys, I know every so often you, everybody's out here in Vegas, let's make an effort to definitely, get together. Yeah, I'll reach out to yeah definitely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, August, I'm good, man. So I'll definitely make that road trip, man. It, it's well worth it. So yeah, I'll let you know. Perfect. I look forward to it. Hey, but seriously, thanks for letting me uh, speak to your audience again. It's always a pleasure. You guys have an amazing show. And, I and, really and real it. real quick, Tim, where can people find out more info? Two things. Uh, two, two areas. It's, it's easier just to either go to uh, timlarkin.com okay. or targetfocustraining.com. Either one. And like I said, the free information is really a great place to start. I get, If you give me the email, I don't spam you. I don't give you a lot of crap. But you'll get a lot of great content. Sounds great, thanks, man. man. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. You have a great day. You Thank too, you. Bye-bye. Again, that's our friend Tim Larkin. Check out. He was also TFT Group. There's TimLarkin.com. It's just L-A-R-K-I-N and TargetFocusTraining.com. So anyway, here's the thing. (laughs) You don't have to remember any of those website URLs. Just type Tim Larkin in Google. Guess what? It's all going to magically show up. (laughs) It's like what Boss Root was saying. It's like, hey, this O2 trainer looks great. Where could I get one? Like, uh, try typing in O2 <laughs> in trainer in Google. Chances are pretty good that an option is going to show exactly. up. <laughs> but here's another thing you can do. You can go to either one of or You can go to MikeMahler.com or NewWarriorTraining.com and use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off everything you see on our respective websites, whether it's supplements or Toreador or our videos or T-shirts, eBooks, you name it. Support the show. Support us. Use that coupon code LLA. Get that 10% off and stock up on some great products today. And you can support us another way by hopping over to Patreon. Become a monthly supporter of the show and go to patreon.com slash LLA podcast. Become a monthly supporter starting at 5 bucks a month. That's all you got to do, man. And that goes a long way in keeping the show going and growing. So, yeah, man. And the last option, you can go to wherever you listen to this podcast. Rate us, review us, share the episode. That's the easiest of all of them right there. So there you go. Yeah, it doesn't cost you a dime. It costs you a few there seconds you of your time. Now, keep in mind that you can't do any of these things 
as long as your head is up your own ass or up someone else's ass, right? It's just impossible. You can't Look, see man, the screen. I know, I know we're in an age where they're remaking a lot of movies, but Human Centipede is not one of them that needs to be remade. And by the way, Mike, I saw this the other day and I wanted, I had it, I forgot to send you the post. They are going to make Human Centipede 3. Well, I heard, I heard, I, I didn't know that I'm was happy two. to see I've never seen. First of all, first of all, let me start off with saying I'm happy to say I've never seen any of the movies. But I have heard about the third one, and I heard that Eric, uh, what's his, yes. yeah, Eric Roberts. Like, how, how, my, how's your career, man? Like, really? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. This is going to be probably worse than Sharknado. Okay, so. <laughs> Sharknado at least is – I mean I haven't seen that either, but it looks exactly. funny. So at least, at least that has – at least that's making fun of itself. Exactly. So but anyway, man, yeah, there's some dumb movies out there. We could do a whole show on that. So, all right, folks. That's going to wrap it up this week. Thanks for tuning in to this – probably this two-part series. <laughs> this will be yeah, this will be a two-parter, right definitely. So I'm glad you guys you know, let us know what you thought. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode, everybody. Take care. Take care, everyone. Bye.